We are at the Biltmore Hotel. It's November 10th, 1931. It's the fourth annual Academy Awards. We're honoring the films from 1930 and 1931. It's time for the big award of the night. Envelope, please. And the winner is Cimarron. Oh, well then. <laughs> oh. oh, lordy. Oh, my. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of The Envelope, please. Sam here. Rance over here. We actually introduced ourselves this time. I know. As I was walking over here, I was like, we are not going to forget today. We're going to introduce our names. We have names. We are people. We are full-fledged individuals. (laughs) Exactly. We deserve recognition for the... For the work we're doing right now. And I feel like we have good, solid names, so people need we to do. know them. Yes, Rance Collins. Sam Erdahl. Good luck spelling. We watch yeah. a lot of movies. We do, including this one. We had to... We watched it. Oh, Cimarron. I Here we are. did watch Cimarron. This was my first time watching it. Also mine. Also your first time. Yes. So what were your thoughts? Just like, give me like a blanket, like, how did you feel about this movie? Uh, the most dramatic pause ever. I love it. Uh, I felt more clear on how I felt about the Broadway melody than I... Ooh, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this. With Cimarron, I did think... Okay, I feel like the first hour and a half are really boring. And then, like, the last half hour stuff finally happened. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is one of those movies where instead of trying to tell a film that takes place over 40 years, mm-hmm. they should have just focused on one chapter of the movie and like expanded that for, you know, an hour and a half. Yeah, well, it was based on a novel, apparently. By Edna Ferber. Edna Ferber, who has several movies that have been Several, adapted. yeah. We'll get to um, Giant later. Yeah, uh, she is. She is all about those grand epics of... She is. Lots of characters. territories. Yes. Lots of characters going through a lot of changes. A lot of changes and areas like Texas and Giant. Just like dirty areas. They all just look so like... Like places I never want to live. Yeah, like a place where it's like, if I don't have access to like a shower in like 30 minutes and I don't want to be there. I don't want to do that. Like like I live in the developed 21st century for a reason. Yes, I need to be clean (laughs) and none of them are clean. But that makes sense. It is also, it was the first Western movie to win Best Picture. And that doesn't happen again for a while. The next one to win that they count as a Western is Dances with Wolves. 1990. 90. So it takes 60 60 60 years. About... They're Isn't that wild? Not over. Just just 60. And I would... Okay. Here's the deal. <laughs> Dances with Wolves, I absolutely classify as a Western movie. Yes. This one, in my opinion, a little debatable. Yes, they're... Yes. Yes, they're going westward. They're developing west. Yes. But the bulk of this movie didn't really scream Western to me. No. Um... I think the Western aspect of it was just where it took place. Definitely. And it had to do with this, like, colonial, not colonialization, this uh, this settling yes. of Oklahoma. Which of Oklahoma. Automatically, we're re- looking at this problematic period. Yes. Very problematic. American history, where the Native Americans called Indians in the movie. Yeah. Um, are literally servants. Are servants. And they. it's interesting, though, because at the end of the film... They, they become equals. Into, they become well, equals, yeah. and it's like it was the it was like the the 
the big cause for our hero or Definitely. something. You know? And that kind of snuck up on me. I wasn't expecting the like overall, I guess, goal of the movie was to like show that Native Americans are equal to us. You know, because like the, the son know. ends up marrying. He does. But is that the point of the movie? Because Well, I don't... that was my takeaway. Because I was like, oh, thank goodness, at least they're Something. telling us that like, yeah. oh, no, 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 we were wrong. We were so wrong. <laughs> we are, these are not slaves. These are people. We are equals. I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> well, okay. Just to give a little overview yeah. about the plot of this movie. Um, it's called Cimarron. Did we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, 1931. Yeah. It, uh, it stars a guy named Richard Dix, which, yeah. <laughs> did you just giggle? <laughs> I mean, I did. I did. I'm glad he spells it D-I-X, D-I-X though. That's kind of classy. Not, yeah. That makes it a little bit better. Yes. That's like a... Oh my gosh, but Richard Dix. Dick is a short name for Richard. Dick Dix. Oh my oh gosh, my it's gosh. Dick Dix. That's hilarious. Why? I hope someone called him that. Oh, I love that. I hope that was what they called him in school. Oh, come uh, here, Dick Dix. Oh Dick my Dick. gosh, that's really funny. Okay, anyway. Okay, so Dick Dix <laughs> and Irene Dunn um, are a couple who go out during a land rush in yes. Oklahoma um, and he's unable to claim any land, but he ends up getting a job or starting the newspaper in the little town that springs up. And then some time passes and he decides he wants to be involved in another land rush. So he does what any good husband would do and deserts his wife for five years. For literally five years. He's yes. just gone. He's just gone. And, and there's no texting back then. No, there's, there's no, no FaceTime. There's no way. Like, she has no idea where he is. And when he gets back, I don't really know where he's been. It's just kind of like he's been off living adventures. And, like, do we believe Dick Dix? I don't think so. I don't think I believe Dick Dix. I mean, his name is Dick Dix. <laughs> his name is Yancey, actually. <laughs> also, clearly up to no good. Also, his name, Yancey. Yancey. Which, Rancy is a nickname some people have given me. That is times. not true. People yes. call you Rancy. I know. I, it's Rancy not... Collins. Okay, that's let's, so funny. Let's not. <laughs> we don't have to. We don't have to go back to junior high. Oh, I'm so glad you told me that. Yeah. So Yancy. Yancy. <laughs> Which yeah. people say with a straight face the whole movie. You they know. sure do. I actually. Her name is Sabra. And I actually, uh, one of my friend's moms was named Sabra. Oh, really? See, that's kind of a fun name. I like that name for like a girl, like Sabra. Yeah, she just of, sounds like ferocious. They're kind of interesting names for... I read a review somewhere that was like, uh, Edna Ferber always has a great um, like list of names in all of her books. They're like, they're always very interesting names. I'm trying to remember the names in Giant. I can't remember any of the names. Well, you know, we it we'll didn't win Best Picture, so... Sure, sure didn't. It was a nominee. However. And it's also, like, twice as long as Cimarron was, which was long enough. No, yeah, Cimarron was just over two hours. Just over two. And, uh, anyway, so he goes away for five years. Yeah, comes back. Comes back. Uh, meanwhile, I gotta tell you, I was loving that wife... Uh, took over a newspaper, made yeah. it into a daily newspaper. She became like a publishing bitch. Like she, she was, was like all it. over it. But the movie, like, I don't know how to feel about our lead character in this movie because, like, he then becomes he's like the attorney. He becomes a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. For the prostitute that stole land from him. Yeah. And he defends her. Yeah. Because, um, and this is where I was say this was where I was like, 
Okay, I don't know where this movie is going at all anymore. Because no, then no. it's like a 20-minute courtroom scene. Yeah. You're like, we wait a minute. have this whole situation where, we're, where he gives this very, very equality... Um, preachy type preachy of... speech yeah. that I agree with him on moral grounds. Yes. But also, <laughs> I feel like he's being a dick dick to his wife. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it was interesting because yeah like clearly he is like the the moral good in this movie he is yes. The, the yes he's who the audience is looking at to be like oh i need to agree with him because everything he's saying is technically right right and moral but he's also a horrible father yeah and, horrible and also husband. a really really bad actor i feel like oh there's also that i feel like they invented the term chewing the scenery because of his performance especially in the courtroom scenes i mean good gracious he, nobody is safe with his hands no his hands Flailing. his hair and it's like i feel like his jimmy stewart hair. i know i feel like jimmy stewart watched this performance before doing mr smith goes to washington and was like okay that was too much but i'm gonna take a, a couple of things from your performance you know what i mean it was very like the hand through the hair the very yeah. dramatic like oh i don't know i don't know the you difference know? being that jimmy stewart's a good actor. correct that's what i'm saying yes jimmy did it correctly yes whereas this guy well first of all if there had been supporting nominations at this point. His hair probably would have gotten a yes, supporting actor his nomination hair. because it's like all up in his. Fa- you can't see me right now, but um, it's like all up in his face and it's, wiggling. It's and the bounciest, curliest hair on a man I've ever seen in my life. It's and it's just like this. The side locks yeah. are just like down in his. It's almost like he's doing a Veronica Lake. Oh, um, for sure. Like before, that was a thing. Definitely, you know, it's, it's it's very interesting to watch. His hair becomes more interesting than his actual performance. I, <laughs> you know, what which I mean? weirdly he was nominated for best actor. Yes, and he was. He, he did not win. Sure didn't. Which, what year is this? Thirty. This was thirty-two. Who won this year? Uh, Lionel Barrymore. Ah, for a free soul, which gave Clark Gable like his first like humongous role. And also, I I have not seen a free soul. But uh, Lionel Barrymore, I have seen in lots of things because he became a very popular character actor. Very. Um, throughout the, of course, he's also the great uncle of Drew Barrymore. Correct. Royalty. Royal family royalty, and he, um, you know, he's Mr. Potter and Mr. It's a Wonderful Life, and yes. and he. And it feels right. That he he comes up in a few years. He's one of the leads, and you can't take it with you. Correct, um, and he's literally in. Um, oh, he's in the next. In next he's in next Grand Hotel. Movie, yeah, Grand Hotel. And he's he's a great actor, so I feel like Phenomenal. he's 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 a good person yeah, to have an Oscar. Needs an Whatever Oscar. he did, yeah, I'm on board with. Sure, that. it's wonderful, and I'm I guarantee you, sight unseen, I'm sure Free Soul, his performance is better than Richard Dix in this movie. Just not great. Irene Dunn, on the other hand, she is a delight to watch. I think she she's is. gorgeous. She's still I've I've seen restrains. a lot of Irene Dunn. Yeah. Um. I don't. I think we've had this conversation. You haven't seen as much. Not but, as much. Yeah. Um. But uh, she becomes one of like the most modern actors, I would say. And you can of see her it. day. And even though there are some melodramatic, especially towards the beginning, there's like yes. some melodrama from her. Like, as the character ages, I think you can really see where her talent is. For sure. You know? Definitely. I um, agree. And I will say, this is a really great movie. Um, it's also interesting, the movie's 
the part you're saying this is the best part of the movie the last like half hour yeah she's in charge of the movie I know because point. he's gone, he's gone. <laughs> that's probably why I liked it <laughs> that's exactly why I enjoyed the movie she has her gray hair she ages a lot that's what I'm saying this is a really interesting film to watch because the makeup and the aging in this film is really well done I, for 1930 the technical aspects are pretty solid like I mean I mean, uh, like the the staging of like the of the non land rush scenes are mm-hmm. a little boring. Like, boring, yeah. But the set design is great, and the uh, it art it won an Oscar for art direction, and I I understand that. Um, like it's a very impressive town set, and yeah. the scenes of the actual land rush at the beginning are pretty fantastic yeah it's a great epic film for mm-hmm. you know 1931 it's it very impressive what they were able to do and that's kind of what we've been like talking 40 about years yeah it's, it's fun to see what they could do and how they could age people with makeup and you know hairstyling and costuming maybe back then maybe that's why it won maybe and that's what i'm saying you know it's it... kind of one of those another example of this being a first movie mm-hmm. to show audiences what we can do mm-hmm. you know it was kind of a nice mile marker like ooh, this is a really impressive film yeah. for 1931 you know now yeah. we look back on it and it really not hasn't so aged very well no. and it's just not a very complete film. it's kind of an empty movie because you mm-hmm. it's like little vignettes almost you know every 10 years or so it's a new scene as you're watching this family grow in age yeah and it's you don't really get to become attached to these characters because they're jumping forward in time so often and we don't see the like when she she becomes like she becomes sabra yeah becomes more independent as the movie goes on but we don't really see the arc? No, we, she not just really. goes from being like this submissive housewife to having agency. Yeah, and it's just because there's a time gap, and to like finally having the correct point of view. And it's like, okay, I see that, but yeah, you don't. And really... a congresswoman. Let's not forget, she becomes that's a congresswoman. She does. <laughs> like where? I you know that's the thing. Like <laughs> again, like I wish that they had maybe taken maybe only five or ten years of mm-hmm. this movie and just done a whole film on that time period. Maybe the most interesting portion, which probably would have been, I don't know, the trial and then her becoming Congresswoman afterward. Maybe just the latter half of the Actually, film. Actually, could we just redo this movie and re- concentrate on the wife and make it her story Please. instead of... Always more entertaining. Always more entertaining to us, at least. Yancey, oh, at Yancey. least is played by Richard Dix. Fancy Yancey. Fancy Yancey. So this movie, uh, I I mean, like, I think, once again, this is another one that you watch if you want to complete your... If you want to be complete, you know, if you want to uh, see everything that won Best Picture. But it's not... I mean, like, uh, of some of the other nominees, I've seen uh, The Front Page, um, which uh, was remade as His Girl Friday. Uh, right. Uh, and it's... Front page is uh, directed by Lewis Milestone, who did All Quiet on the Western Front, and it's produced by Howard Hughes, and it's a it, it's a great movie. I've I His Girl Friday is probably better, but the front page is an actual great little film, mm-hmm. and it holds up. Cimarron, there's other reasons Cimarron doesn't hold up. First of which is the racism that is. Oh yeah, I'm very uncomfortable with the with the character named Isaiah. Yeah, little Isaiah, and oh my gosh, what like a tragic character. Yeah, oh, who God. who dies 
very like in this like oh there's a gunfight at some point oh my and gosh I, I forgot about the gunfight I know, isn't that crazy I kind of did Yikes. too yeah there he, is a gunfight he, he kills like a famous outlaw or and he was like supposed to be his friend right yeah he I was don't his know friend. I don't that's know what I'm where saying. That came the relationship from. between these characters is very unclear because they don't establish anything they'll no. they'll like say a throwaway a throwaway line and that you forget five minutes later and it's just like oh wait a minute. Who is this guy? Yeah, no, it, it's really confusing. Yeah, it's but very muddled. Isaiah starts out as this servant. Um, you know, I don't know what else to call him. That he's uh, literally like their little servant. Uh, because they they take with him. Uh, they take with them as they start going to, to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So he's with them from the very beginning. As like, um, although they sorry. don't know they've taken him because he he rolls himself up in a carpet, right? <laughs> and then they discover him there, um, and then like, but there's just like little things with him, like him being excited about watermelon. Oh yeah, you know, and just very oh god. I I mean like there was a, the stereotypes are yeah they they run pretty rampant. He said a line. Uh, the Richard Dix Dick Dix said. Uh, Loyalty, money can't buy in reference to the character. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah, right? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, no. And then, that's, I mean, it's just interesting. The the Dick Dick character, um, <laughs> whom I will always call him that from now he on. forever Dick Dicks. <laughs> um, Richard Dix. Uh, he is very, it's like, I, I whenever he does the defense of the woman, it almost confuses me because he's been so sexist up until that point. Right. And like so dismissive of his wife and And so racist. And so racist. And then then suddenly it's just like, why are we supposed to care about this person? Exactly. It's... Like maybe for nineteen thirty one he seemed like this, you know, um character without any flaws. But as we look back on it, it's like, okay, yeah, he helped this prostitute and he was okay with his son marrying a Native American, but like Okay. Otherwise. <laughs> Otherwise. But you know what I mean? But it's also like, it still took him a while to get there. I don't know. It was just not a very, I don't know, this movie just wasn't enjoyable to watch. It wasn't fun. It was not. There's nothing really fun it about wasn't, it. It wasn't, it's not, it's not a good movie. I, I will just call a spade a spade. You know, kidding. But I will say too, what's kind of interesting, we've been talking about the, the courtroom scene with the, where he gets the prostitute off for the crime what crime did you even commit what was she on trial for i don't know being being a hussy i don't know something what, like that. it wasn't even prostitution it was it wasn't prostitution people just didn't like her because she had been a prostitute but then like she tells this whole story about why she had to prostitute and how she had a terrible upbringing oh, so she's kind of like everybody's like suddenly sympathetic to right her. and that's yeah. what i'm saying this is kind of like the original uh prostitute with a heart of gold storyline which we see over and over and she's again there. in oh, the and academy we awards we meet this character don't forget we meet this character during the land rush at the beginning because yeah, she takes the, she land. Steals the land she takes the land from our main character but he still loves her yes i will say um there there's a character actress who's in this named edda may oliver yes uh who has the long the old lady right the old lady face very I, true she does like have a very, very long, long ovular face she becomes a very prolific character actor um and i you gotta say like she was pretty she was probably the funniest parts of the movie yes because she, she actually like well she actually made choices you know what i mean yeah there are some of these actors in this movie who are just not doing they're not doing anything or they're doing way too much yeah you know but again that's also i mean 
I recently saw what the uh, movie poster looks like, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's exactly what I would expect the film to be. Oh. <laughs> it's so dramatic. It looks like the cover of a romance novel. It's very dramatic. His shirt is like coming off, it's like and he's torn. like holding Irene Dunn back behind him. And yeah, I was like, it's... wow, the movie is not as exciting as the poster's making it out to be. No, but I mean, like, ah, there it is. I mean, oh my like, gosh! If, just go to the Wikipedia page for Cimarron just immediately. Look up the movie poster and look at this movie poster. It is. It is something. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and there's... it almost looks like a painting by like Michelangelo that would be in like Sistine <laughs> Chapel or something. It's a lot. Oh, it's just so surprising that Richard Dix didn't come out of this as a huge star. I don't. I know, right? I mean, apparently he guys. was a thing at some point. But I think he was something that was more of a thing. I'm gonna double check this as I'm saying Please this. Do. I feel like he was more of a thing in silent film, and then yes. he became more of a character. And that's what we're seeing a lot in these early films, too. A lot of these performances are very, you know, overdramatic um, because they're they're still coming from the world of silent movies where that was kind of the way you performed on camera. Nothing was, was very naturalistic or realistic. Have, you didn't have dialogue, so you had to portray things through. Definitely. Things aren't really set in a very realistic tone. You don't really have realism in movies uh, for a while. So you're still getting a lot of these, mm-hmm. you know, very overplayed uh, characters like we're seeing a lot in this movie. Which, it'll be interesting. Um, I, things, I, I'm, I'm excited because I know of some of the movies that are coming up. And, yeah. And I, I think the quality level of film takes a dramatic turn for the better within very quickly from where we are right here. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, but this is, those early, early sound films with the a dramatic exception of All Quiet on the Western Front and a few others are sometimes kind of hard to get through. So, Very true. And today. it's almost like, as we've been saying, these first few movies, uh, Broadway Melody, uh, this film, it's like it is an accomplishment and an award for what they could do in that year. It's like people saw this movie mm-hmm. and, you know, as, as I was reading... People were incredibly taken with this film just because it is so gigantic in scope. And so I'm trying to imagine, like, you know, what this movie would have looked like in a theater back then. And it would have been a massive picture to go and see. So I'm sure, you know, the viewing experience is different in a theater than, you know, me watching it on my little laptop. Yeah, to be fair. And then, you know, watching all of these crazy shots, it's like, okay, I, I understand why it was given the Best Picture Award. It is probably the the grandest movie of the year and the yes. showiest movie yes. of the year, which is kind of what it took back then to be like, look at how impressive, look how far mm-hmm. we've come even from two years ago with Broadway Melody. Look at what we can do now. And it's, you know, they're being awarded for that. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I, 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 to- I think I understand why this would have won. Um, but as a fan of classic film, yes, there are also, there, there are movies that are better. Yes, that came. Well, because out. like I feel like you and I as well, we really appreciate character development and story yes. over um, scale. something scale and yeah. you know an epic movie, and that will start kind of start coming to play a little bit later on. But a lot of the other you know smaller films of this year, like we talk about the front page movies mm-hmm. like that, are movies that we enjoy more just because they get into the characters and the story is just way more enjoyable. Yeah, and and you need that especially in these films where they're figuring out sound technology and a lot of them are a little stage bound you have to have a really compelling story and good acting to really to really overcome the limitations mm-hmm. that they're dealing with at the time 
Um, exactly. And that's and, why they're able to impress you very easily with a movie like Cimarron because it's like, oh, I've never seen this in the movies before. Yes, they did this huge, these huge things that required thousands of extras. And thousands. Suddenly. And they re- they built this entire western city. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty impressive as well. And they spent, wasn't this like one of the most expensive movies at this time? It was, they put like... Tons of money. They didn't make the money back in the Not right away. Right. Because they... Uh, even though it was a hit, they didn't make the money back because they put so much money into it. Yeah. Um, back then, it was like it was, it was like a million dollars back then, I think is what it was, which, you know, compared to nowadays, it would have been... Huge. Huge budget. Although, interestingly, like, budgets balloon pretty quickly in, yeah. in Hollywood because uh, a million dollar budget becomes pretty standard for, like, a MGM production in the right in the 40s. Um, this There's some fun Oscar facts. Oh. Uh, uh, my favorite. Uh, you know, Cimarron is the uh, first movie to get more than... It gets seven nominations. Oh, yeah. So it is one of, I believe, only a couple of movies that have gotten an award uh, nomination in every category for which it was eligible. Right. So... That's fun. That's a fun situation. We are up to, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight categories. It was nominated in seven of those categories. Which one was it not nominated in? Uh, it w- Okay, well, this one's kind of interesting. They had a Best Sound Recording Award, but they gave it to a studio for a all of their outfits. studio. Yeah, for all of their gotcha. outfits. So oh, that's interesting. It couldn't be nominated for that because no movies were nominated for that. So right, it was just nominated the studio was. in every other category, which is interesting. Very interesting. Um. Excuse me. They were not nominated for best original story, but that's because this was not original story. It, it was, was adapted. Ad- it was an adap- adaptation, so it wasn't eligible for that. But it was, and when it won best adaptation. Wait, did I count this right? One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, it was nine, nine, nine different awards, not seven. So. Gotcha. Um, so it those that's all it missed. It missed uh, a best original story, which it couldn't be nominated for, and it won best adapted screenplay. Um, sure. And, uh, <laughs> why not? Uh, I, I mean like little Caesar is in this and I know but that's as you can a tell, great film. Yeah. And as you can tell, since it did receive seven nominations out of eight people possible categories, it, it people was a very it. beloved film and, you know, widely, um, it had a lot of support throughout the entire Academy. If it was going to be nominated I, in every single. Certainly. It's certainly. And, and RKO usually... is not. Uh, RKO of the five studios that were the big studios at the time, RKO is kind of the one that was like the least yeah respect. I don't know if respected is the word, but they only got a best picture twice. Right. Um, the next one is not as big a player. Uh, yeah, the next one's Best Years of Our Lives. Right. Uh, which was an independent production that they released. So. So there you go. Um, but uh, but it's kind of interesting to see that like this is kind of another example of a film that gets. So many nominations. Like today we see movies getting 12, 13 Oscar nominations. And you're like, this has to win somewhere. And usually if you get that many nominations, you're an, you're a huge player for the Best Picture Award. Yes. You know? Very, very Because you true. have a lot of love among every single branch of the Academy. Which is, you know, this is a good example of a, of a movie kind of sweeping but the Oscars. Interestingly, there's a lot of movies like that even today that become these odds-on favorites. And then... A decade later, yeah, nobody actually remembers the movie that fondly. Definitely, you know, um, it just happened to get swept up in whatever was the fever at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, 
<laughs> I'm gonna go with a classic example. I can't wait. I mean, like, I'm never ever gonna be hired on a James Cameron production now. But uh, Avatar. Avatar, yes, was the biggest box office hit in uh, years. Uh, technically, it was the biggest, but it also has uh, ticket price raising and right. blah blah. blah. Um, I don't. Like you had to see it in 3D as well, so yes. it's like the ticket price was already it was higher already, than a normal. Exactly, and ticket prices had gone up exponentially since Titanic. Yeah, um, even. which would have, which was you know, ten years before Avatar. And if you count ticket sales, Titanic took in more people than Avatar. Yeah, but Avatar, you know, was this thing that kind of swept over the country, and everybody was going to see Avatar because the 3D was so amazing. And people were like, okay, about the story, but because it was so exclusive to the technical reasons that it that people were going to see it, it's ten years later, and I don't know anyone who talks about Avatar. Because ever. we've already come so far since then. It's like that's yes. an example again of a movie which was released in two thousand and nine mm-hmm. being very much frozen in that year because yeah. You know, and everything we make after that is going to probably start looking a bit more impressive every single year. So you go back and you watch Avatar without 3D on your TV at home. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look as exciting. No. And then you, then then you, you start to see where all the holes are. Exactly. The story, the, which is, you know, a, a recycled storyline for, you know, we've seen that story over many, and over many, again. Many, many times. Yeah. There's, then you start to realize, oh, there's nothing really fresh and mm-hmm. exciting about this. I feel like Cimarron kind of falls into that category it's like this kind of pedestrian story i don't know if pedestrian is the right word you know it's kind of a story that's a little all over the place very much and then uh it has a couple of impressive sequences in it because of those impressive moments it gets all of this attention and people are probably saying oh you have to go see cimarron so you can see the big land rush at the beginning or whatever and so then that becomes the lore around the movie and that catapults it into being this award winner even though there's all these other movies that came out at the same time that are going to hold up better exactly but that's what we're going to be seeing a lot with Mm -hmm. these oscar films is it doesn't just take a good movie it doesn't just take a good studio back in that film Mm -hmm. you have to have a good oscar storyline yeah you need some kind of story that's going to plunge you into the award seat and for this movie it really was Let's go see this massive scale film. You got to go out and see this movie for this mm-hmm. this scene and this scene, which you know brought people to the theaters, and it was impressing them. And that was kind of the story behind it. Yeah, you know, and that's what's going to be interesting as we get further into this. We're going to start seeing kind of what what stories played into these movies actually winning Best Picture or getting a Best Picture nomination. You see a lot of times with very small independent films, maybe didn't even make a million dollars at the box office, Mm -hmm. but they get an Oscar nomination because Mm -hmm. people say, you have to watch this movie for so-and-so's performance. Right. You know, and And that's enough sometimes to drive it into these, uh, to getting accolades. Yeah, totally. Um, And again, like, uh, we're talking about all these tropes of the Oscars, we're still in a period where I think the Oscars are figuring themselves out. Definitely, in the first few years, um, this is the this year was the first time that uh, there was a person who received multiple nominations. Uh, Lionel Barrymore, who we were talking about earlier, was nominated for Best Director. 
oh, for a movie yeah. called Madam X. Very fun. And then he won Best Actor for A Free Soul. For a Free Soul. And uh, A Free Soul and Cimarron are the first movies to have multiple acting nominations. Mm, Cimarron's yeah, because Norma Shearer was also nominated. Yep. Cimarron's the first movie to get the big five nominations. Picture, director, actor, actor, screenplay. Yes. Yes. Which we're only a couple years off from a movie winning those five. We sure are. Um, deservedly. Deservedly so. <laughs> we'll just go ahead. The, the 1934 episode, we are not going to have problems with that movie. We just know ahead of time. Um so this is a, this is an interesting this is an interesting movie to look at as far as the Oscars go. Definitely. Would you recommend this film? <laughs> I mean, like recommend for uh, like a fun afternoon. <laughs> if you have to do, if you have nothing else going. Nothing on. else going along. You're just folding laundry, <laughs> and you know maybe also you're on the phone while you're watching the movie, yeah, like it, or in another room, calling your mom. <laughs> while you do fold the laundry and Maybe. you have it on in the background with the subtitles up beautiful <laughs> maybe if you're like you get like you see this movie's playing in some like old theater yes. house on a big yes. screen maybe then go and see it but yeah, it's, no, yeah, it's I would not, enjoy it more probably it's not something you should seek out and I don't think it's an it's necessarily uh, an important viewing for your Academy Award knowledge I just don't think it's that Exciting of a film. There's only two movies that we've gone past so far that have not been placed on the National Film Registry. And this is one of the two. The well, other one's thank, the Broadway Melody. Well, thank goodness. That makes all of the sense. Yes. <laughs> this movie, yeah. Okay, so next week, what are we next gonna be? Week. What are we gonna be looking at? Oh, next week we're gonna watch uh, Grand Hotel. Grand Hotel. Now this one is kind of exciting because we get some we get some big stars. We get some good ones. Yeah, we are we're talking we are talking the full MGM treatment on this movie. We get their yes. big stars. It's our first. Uh, no, uh, Broadway Melody was MGM. I'm sorry. Sure. Yes, it's. Uh, I think this is our first like real in. This is like a this is like MGM being real MGM. Yeah, this is MGM being like okay. <laughs> Move aside, kids. Yes. And I'm excited <laughs> to watch it all the way through. I've seen lots of scenes from Grand Hotel, as I told you. A lot mm-hmm. of scenes with uh, Joan Crawford, as I was on my Joan Crawford kick a couple months ago. Yeah. But I've never seen the entire thing put together, and I'm very excited to. Yes. Uh, I have seen it a couple of times, um, and I'm, I'll am i withhold saying what I, hmm, what I think until next week. Until the next week. So join <laughs> us again next week uh, as we talk about... Grand Hotel. Grand Hotel.